Welcome to the most impactful place on the planet, Tabernacle Baptist Church. This is Reverend Dr. Charles E. Goodman Jr. People call me PG, and I'm so honored to lead this amazing ministry that is really trying hard to glorify God. Listen, thank you for tuning in. Matter of fact, go to our website, tbcaugusta.org. You can find out about all the wonderful things that we're trying to accomplish for the kingdom of God at our church. Matter of fact, you can also give through Secure Give, Giveify. We pray that you will partner with us as we once again do all that God calls us to be. Well, let's get into that word and that experience. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. God bless you. Together and give God praise. Come on, is he worthy of all of your praise? From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Somebody shout your name. Yes, his name is worthy of all our praise. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Ah, oh, God, we give you glory and we give you honor for the great mighty things that you have done. You've been better to us, God than we could even think to be to ourselves. And we love you and adore you. Now, Father, I ask you now in the midst of our praise, in the midst of our worship, that, Father, you would let us hear your voice in this place. Father, we came to serve you. We came to hear from you. So, Father, speak to our hearts. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts allow them now to be holy and acceptable unto thee, O God. For, Lord, you're our rock, you're our strength. You're our redeemer. Have your way, Holy Ghost. Uh, we're ready to hear from you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. If you love them, clap those hands and bless them one more time. Hallelujah. Come on, while we're clapping our hands, can we bless God for the angel of this house, my brother? Crazy about you, boy. Love me some Dr. Goodman, my God, and to see what God is continuing to do in this ministry. I applaud you, Tab. My God, y'all, I promise you, they're talking about you all over, all over the country, all the great things that God is doing. Amen. You know somebody special when folk that they never met start name dropping folk like they cousins. Amen. They start name dropping. Yeah, uh, Charles, get it. I know good. I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know him? I say, yeah, I think I know a little bit about him. <laughs> Amen. But you hear people already just talking about the great, mighty work that God is doing with you guys. And I do, I do believe this, that God must feel some kind of way about you than to put you in a place with leadership. Amen. Where you can give God all the glory and praise and the world starts to hear about it. Amen, somebody. Amen. 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 There's a word from the Lord found in the gospel recorded by the author of John. John chapter 2, starting at verse 1. I want to lift this up for the people of God on today. Listen to what it says in John chapter 2, starting at verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the, the, mother, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. 
And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet or the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from. Though the servants who had drawn the water, they knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then they bring out the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. Somebody said that version says that you saved the best till last. This is the first of his signs. Jesus did at Cana and Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Just for a moment, people of God, I want to talk about for just a few moments from the subject, he sees more in you. Yeah, you ought to believe it in the name of Jesus. On your way to your seat, you ought to tell your neighbor, hey neighbor, God told me to tell you, he sees more in you. You may be seated in the presence of our God. He sees more in you. I must admit that on this today, during this season, during this season has been a very emotional but yet blessed season for me. A very happy season, but very emotional season. Because this season in my life marks 25 years when the Lord grabbed a hold of me and gave me the call to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. While I was sitting in the dormitory on the campus of Tuskegee University. Holla back at your boy, you know. While we were there, it was at a moment that I have to admit in all of the moments where I celebrate being a TU grad, but TU was my final resort. It was not the moment where I was just such this gifted student in high school and was on my way to college to matriculate to make Skeegee look good. In fact, Skeegee gave me another chance. Because at the moment where I went to Tuskegee, I had just gotten kicked out of my house. Where my parents came to me and said, I got good news for you, son. I said, all right, holler back at me, daddy. He said, you're getting out of our house. I said, well, who is that good news really for? And he said, I don't care who it is, but you have got to go told my mom. Mom said, I thought I was leaning on the lesser vessel, if you will, thinking I was going to play on her heartstrings. But no, I went to her and I said, Mommy, y'all just going to put me out? Mama said, baby, you've been preparing yourself to get put out for the last two years. You've got to get out of our house. Well, it was on the, 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 the campus when I was there in Drew Hall in Tuskegee. And while I was there, high as a kite and drunk as a skunk. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. That was 25 years ago. I won't judge you for what you did 25 years ago. It was that moment 25 years ago where I was so at a place where I was so intoxicated and so high. I was, it, depression began to set in to the point that I told the Lord, I'm sick of living like this. I'm tired of embarrassing my family. I'm tired of embarrassing myself. I'm tired of the fact that people are trying their best, praying and believing that I'm going to do something better. And I'm sitting here wasting my life away. I told God I'm tired of this life. That the only thing I truly see coming out of this is death. And I said, God, if you are the one, I remember saying it in tears, that if you are the one my daddy has always been preaching about, 
If you're the one that my grandmama prays to and they bring my name up. If you are who they say you are, that you can turn lives around and change somebody's life, then I give my life to you. I said to him then, and it was at that moment that God took me through a season where God began to show me a life of obedience and what obedience looked like and made it very clear to me that if you do what I tell you to do, he says, if I tell you to go left, you better go left. If I tell you to go right, you better go right. He says, if I tell you to go left and your crazy tail go right, you better repent, get on your face, repent, and come right back in the direction I tell you to go. And he said something to me that still sticks to me to this day, and he said, what you do for me in private is going to determine what I do for you in public and I promised the Lord 25 years ago that I give my life to him that whatever you wanted me to do and it was very interesting because I was willing to do whatever he told me to do then when he told me to preach the gospel I said good Jesus I said, God, that's not me. I don't talk to people. I stutter. I get nervous when people look at me just like the way y'all looking at me like this all of that. I said, God, I can't handle it when people look. I can't know. I, I, that's not me. That's not my gift. And God said, I didn't call you based on your gift. I called you based on your obedience. And now 25 years later, as I sit and watch what God is doing, he says, if you do what I tell you to do, I'll take you places beyond your wildest dreams. I'll make you somebody you never even thought you'd ever become. I'll put you in the company of people that you don't even feel qualified to be around. And as I stand here before you awesome, wonderful people of God, I stand here as a testimony that God can do what he says he can do. And there is no secret to what my God can do, what he's done for others. He'll do the same for you. Do I have a witness in here that believe if you just give it over to God, God can change your life forever. Change it forever. He can change it forever. He can change it forever. Now, I have to admit because at the moment where God began to start speaking in my life and telling me what he wanted me to do, I have to admit my biggest struggle was not the fact that I was just trying to be mean to God. I, the fact that I was trying to run from, my, from this calling. The reason why I kept trying to run from the call is because I couldn't get over the stuff that has happened in my past. And don't you dare look at me with a judgmental eye because let's just be honest if God told you to do something amazing the first thing you're going to do is think about who it is he's really asking to do this and I struggled with it I struggled with it and God made it very clear to me in my journey that this has nothing to do with your past it has everything to do with you being obedient to me and I do I stand here emotional because I am so appreciative to God that God knew more about me than I even knew about myself God saw things in me that I didn't even think I remember telling my parents right before I got kicked out I told them that school is not for me she told me go to school I said I'm not built for school you're talking about somebody that in 2007 walked across the stage and received his doctorate of ministry degree you can't tell me that God does not know more about you than you know about yourself and I've just discovered if I'm going to trust anybody with my life I choose God so it's at that moment that I have to be honest I have to be honest I struggled guys I struggled because I couldn't get over who I kept looking at in the mirror. And I know I'm talking to some people here today at the end of the day that what God has been saying to you haven't been matching what you see. 
It doesn't. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't appear like it. I mean, you're looking at it. I can't remember steady, constantly looking in the mirror, thinking to myself, this is not what, I can't be hearing this right. I know this is not what you want me to do. Amen. Come on, y'all be honest. Let me just be honest with you. It was, it was within 30 days when God gave me the call, so it was still 30 days. Weed was still in my system. See, that's too real for 15 of y'all. But I'm, I'm here to tell somebody here that's been sitting there thinking, I've just got to wait till I clean myself up. i got to wait till I get myself together. God said, that's where I get the glory out of your life. Because I know that when I turn your life around as messed up and as jacked up as you really are, then it's at that moment that you look really bad that God is getting ready to look really, really good. Do I have 15 people in this house that can testify that I was a candidate for the goodness and the grace of God because my life was really, really bad, but God took it, flipped it, and made it look better than it ever has? Thank you, God, for what you've done in my life because you took really bad people and you're starting to look really, really good. There is, there's a... There's a billboard I see all times when I go around the country, and I think y'all may, may have it too. I think I've seen it a few times here, was a billboard sign that said, we buy ugly houses. It's a, it's a sign, a billboard sign that I would see where I see this picture of this caveman sitting there, and they got this sign that literally says, no matter how ugly your house is, we'll buy it. And which is so interesting to me because I'm thinking, why in the world would somebody invest money to even put up a billboard sign like that? I mean, it costs money to even put the sign up. So you're going to spend money to, to put a sign up to tell somebody with an ugly house, we'll spend more money on your house. And the reality is simply this, that the reality is this. The reason why they will buy your ugly house is not because of how ugly your house is, but by how gifted the people who are going to buy it really is. They're confident in their ability that if they get a hold of your house, they're going to take it and they're going to make it look better than it ever has. That's why they're willing to buy it right now at an ugly state. Because if they buy it at an ugly state, they can get it as messed up and jacked up as it is. And then they can be able to see how they can flip it and make it look better than it ever has. And in fact, God made it very clear because he says just like they're willing to buy that ugly house, God said, I bought your ugly behind over 2,000 years ago with my blood of my son that is messed up as you were as ugly as your situation was I said I still love you that much there's nothing you have so ugly that the blood can't purchase nothing here in our text we see here an example of what I speak to you of and just for a few minutes I want to just tell you because at the end of the day there was a problem that took place in the text and this is why I want to tell you why God wants to get a hold of you I don't know who I'm talking to in here but God's been knocking at the door of somebody's heart today and you start wondering well I'm just feeling oh, that's not me oh this not no let me just go ahead and tell you God says I am knocking at the door of your heart because you're a solution to a problem now, you don't know what the problem is, but there's a problem in the earth. There's an issue in the earth. And stop complaining about, you, about what's going on in the world and what's going on in the earth if you're not saying yes to God because it's your yes to God that's going to help address some of the problems that's going on in the world. There was a problem here in our text. The text says that there was a party going on, a wedding feast going on, and I, during, in the middle of the wedding feast, they ran out of wine. That's a big problem. And I know most of us thinking, what's the big deal? You run out of wine, that means it's time for everybody to go home. 
No, but in that day, when they run out of wine, that is something that speaks of one's statue, that speaks of one's category and where you are. In fact, if people run out of wine, then folk begin to start questioning how, how you handle resources. And if you are as resourceful as you say you are, it is a big embarrassment. It is, I mean, it's insulting when somebody runs out of wine. People begin to question your status in the community. People will start talking about you and they, they'll, they'll, they'll drag your name through the mud of the whole neighborhood because of the fact that you must not be as resourceful as you think you are because you can't even afford wine at your own party. They would dog you. They would talk about you. Some would even question your relationship with God because who you are, how are you going to sit here and think that you are blessed of God but yet still running low? How are you thinking that you're of God and still don't have what you say that you started with? I'm talking to somebody here today and somebody's been questioning your relationship with God because what you started out with is not really what you have right now. You've been running on empty. You've been running low and God told me to tell you that you running low is not an indicator of your spirituality. It is just a moment where God says I need some stuff to get out so I can get ready to bring some of my stuff on in. There's some stuff that you're wondering and you're frustrated wondering why God let you go on E, why God let you run out, why the resources went out, why your job time went out. God says because at the end of the day you put too much time on that job that you spent no time with me. You spent too much time on Facebook about those jobs and, and you weren't even spending enough time with your face in the book when it came to me. God says so some stuff I just had to let run out before I get ready to bring you out. Watch this. It's a problem. And at that moment, you got to, they're in a good, watch this, they're in a bad situation, but they're in a good place. They're in a bad situation because they've run out of wine. They're in a good place because they know somebody who knows how to get in touch with Jesus. Text says, Mary, this is Jesus' mother. Jesus' mother comes to him and says, they run out of wine. Jesus says, woman, stop tripping. This has nothing to do with me. He said, what's that got to do with me? Jesus said, man, my time hadn't even come yet for me to go through all this miracle work. And no, no, stop, stop. And well, obvious, it's obvious that Mary, uh, his mother, was not listening to a word Jesus was saying. Because as soon as Jesus says, hey, what's this got to do with me? This is not my time yet. She just looked at him and said, whatever. Hey, look, servants, I want y'all to do whatever he tells y'all to do. Boy, that's a wonderful relationship to have with Jesus, isn't it? And see, this is where I share with each and every one of us because there are moments even in our low moments and in our low seasons of our lives, it may be good for you to make sure that you got somebody on your team that knows how to get in touch with Jesus on your behalf. Yeah, amen. Sometimes you might have to look beyond how cute they are. You want to recognize, can they get a prayer through? Amen. That's... That's what you need to know. You don't need to know their sign. You need to know, can they call on God when you're in a low place? Am I talking to any real people here? Forget telling me how much money you make. I want to know how much time you spend with God. I want to care how much time you have on your job. How much time you put on your knees. It says, no, they have somebody that's in touch, that get in touch with the Lord on their behalf. And she did. She spoke to him. And Jesus said, wait a minute. Hold up. No, it's not my time. She says, whatever. Hey, y'all do whatever he tells y'all to do. And so Jesus, the text says, and there stood. Here it is. Here it is. Because it's at those moments you had Mary, mother of Jesus. You had the servants. 
These are moments where you have to understand when God is getting ready to do a miracle, please make sure you connect with the right people. Please make sure that you're connecting with people that knows how to get in touch with God. This is what's so interesting. Because while we're talking about connecting with the right people and servants, because it was interesting, the servants even took a level of faith. Because you do know it takes faith following Jesus. Amen, somebody. It, it takes faith. It takes faith. It takes moments where you have to just believe even though you don't see it. If you, if, you, if you really think about this, Jesus at this moment in John chapter 2, has, I mean, he has not performed any miracles. So at the end of the day, what's on the resume? And, G, and here is Mary telling these people, do whatever Jesus tell you to do. Now, I'm sure somebody's looking like, now who are you again? Now, I heard about you. I heard you were the, the carpenter's son. And I, I mean, I've, I've seen you and your daddy put some good chairs together, but I ain't seen nothing when it came to wine. So there is no history. There was no, they, they literally had to use their faith to follow Jesus. And sometimes people of God, when the Lord is calling us to do things, you don't have a frame of reference. You just got to do it because God told you to do it. Do I have a witness in here? Watch this, guys. He says, he says wait a minute. He says, no. so, but they decide they're going to follow him. This is who I want to talk to for a minute. Because, yeah, you got people connected with Jesus. You got servants, people who are following Jesus. But I want to talk about the stuff that's being used by Jesus. The text says, uh, nearby stood six stone water jars that were used for ceremonial washing, purification, or cleansing. These were the, this is what Jesus decides to use when he's about to perform a miracle from turning water into wine. Watch this. Now, I got, a, I got an issue. I'm like, Jesus, uh, the people said they ran out of wine. They didn't say they ran out of water. Why in the world, if they are out of wine, why wouldn't you use a wine, some, maybe some wine skin? Use stuff that they put wine in. I'm sure somebody's uncle got some empty liquor bottles somewhere. Some empty wine bottles, some Kool-Aid jars, anything. But why would you use water jars? And do you notice what kind of jars they are? The text says they were used for purification, ceremonial cleansing, washing. You know what that literally means? These are the jars that they put outside of homes, outside of temples, outside of synagogues. They put these outside of dwelling places. So when the people who have walked these journeys and have dust and dirt on their feet from their walking, before they walk in, they clean their feet and their hands and leave all of its last lasting mess in the water jars so out of all the stuff you want to use for somebody to drink wine you want to use some nasty filthy toe jam infested I mean you clean all between your toes and leave it in the water jars that's what it's used for and I'm talking to somebody that's probably saying, wait a minute, I laughed for a minute, but now I'm thinking, dude, you talking about me. Because I'm sure the water jars have probably said, 
uh, Jesus, I'm sorry, but I don't, I'm only used for water. I'm not used for wine. In fact, the only thing I'm good for is water, and it ain't even clean water. In fact, what do you do? When you water pot, all you know that your history, you've been used for other people to leave their filth in. In fact, some of us right now are still trying to deal with the frustrations that somebody left their dirt and left their filth on you. And some people even left their filth in you. And you're still trying to wonder out of all the stuff that God can use. God, why in the world would you use somebody and use me to do something like this? Because when I think about what has happened in my past, all the people I know have done was leave their filth and leave their dirt and leave all this stuff that left me nasty and filthy and frustrated and angry and bitter. And people think I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm just bitter because so many people have left all of their filth and stuff in me. Family members left their filth in me. Friends have left their filth in me. Church people have left their filth and nastiness in me. And let's just be honest. Sometimes I leave filth in myself. And God says, that's the one I want. That's the one I want to use. Those are the people that I want to use. I don't want to use all the prime and, and the proper wine presses and wine glasses and all the nice wine bottles. Give me the nasty jaws that's been used and abused and watch me take it and do something that'll turn their life around. Uh-oh, let me get there. The text says that he used it as nasty as it was, as filthy as it was, as messed up and jacked up as these nasty water jars are and I need to talk to some water jars here today God told me to tell you I'm getting ready to use you in a mighty way but I need you to do me a favor I need you to endure the process because sometimes it's not going to feel good sometimes it's not going to look good sometimes it's not going to appear to be promising in fact sometimes it might even look like history is repeating itself Come here. Text says, he says, go get them because they were nasty. Go get them. They're filthy. Go get them. Ooh, and they're empty. They don't even have anything to offer. He says, yeah, that's the one I want. I want the ones because, yeah, 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 you, you ain't going to try to take my glory. He says, I need you as messed up and jacked up as you are. Watch this. He says, go get them. Watch this. He says, get them, fill them with water and bring them to me. Watch this. Can you imagine these, these, these water jars probably thinking? As soon as the servants grabbed them, they were like, here we go again. I know what's usually, oh, look, they just filled us up with waters. The last time, the last person grabbed me, the last person filled me, they were using me to leave their toe jams in me. And God told me to tell you, don't you dare allow the memories of your past to make you say no when I'm trying to give you a brighter future. Your past was your past. And I understand you keep on saying, God, you can't use me because I'm only used for nasty water. No, you need to understand I'm water. God, I'm not wine. God told me to tell you, no, water is what you had. It's not who you are. 
That's what you had. That's not who you are. Well, maybe I was just born to always have water, nasty water in me. No, you weren't born that way. That's just what you got. That's what you have. And sometimes if you're willing to give yourself to what God is getting ready to do, I'll take you as nasty and filthy as you are and still do great work in your life. He took it. He filled it. And he said, now watch this. We got to go. He says, watch this. And, and bring it to the bride. Bring it to the master of the banquet. Wait a minute. Hold up. Let me get this right. You want me to take this toe jam juiced up container? I can smell toes while I'm carrying it. You want me to take this, fill this up with water, and give it to the master? Dip it? And give it to the master of the banquet to drink? How many of us can be honest? Don't you lie in the presence of God? Don't you lie? You ain't got to lie, Craig. Be honest. How many of us, would, right then at that moment, you would have turned in your letter of resignation? <laughs> you were like, wait a minute, hold up, dude. I ain't never seen you do nothing like this. This is crazy. You about to get me killed. I'm not getting ready to do this. But man, they, they still have faith. And they say, you know what? If the Lord said do it, I'm going to do it. They dipped this nasty toe juice took it to the master of the banquet and said, get a taste of this. <laughs> I think I need to say this for a moment because oftentimes the jars were only used to be left outside of the house. God now, because they've been willing to be used by God, they're now going into banquets. Isn't it amazing how God, when you follow him, will enlarge your territory? Come on. He'll take your places. I, I wish I had time to stay there, but he goes in. They give it to him. The man drinks it, Pastor, and he says, whoo. Good God Almighty. He says, now, now oh, in my history of weddings, oftentimes people will give us the good wine first. And when people get enough juice in their system that they feel like they're living their best life, <laughs> then they give out the cheap wine. He said, but as good as this stuff is, you have saved the best for last. Wait a minute. The, I celebrate the fact that God can bring good wine out of nasty water containers. But look who he's telling it to. The text says he says this to the bridegroom. Wait a minute, dude. You ain't done nothing. You... You didn't do bridegroom. He, they went and got the bridegroom. Now, Jesus and his servants, they did all the work. But the bridegroom got all the credit. All right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> he tells the bridegroom. The bridegroom's like, oh, really? He all he knows is he ran out of wine. He has no idea and got all that credit. If you go another verse after that, the text says, and this was the first time. In Cana of Galilee, watch this, where Jesus revealed his glory and disciples believed in him. Can I say this? And I'm out of here. Jesus says, please hear him.
please hear him. He says, I have no problem in letting you get the credits. Let's just be honest. So many of us have been getting a lot of credit on our jobs. You've gotten a lot of credit uh, in your work. You get credit in your family. People pat you on your back. They give you increases on your job. They do all of this. They travel, make you travel all over the place. They tell you, look, you got, oh boy, look at him. Look at her. Look how great she is. Look how great she is. Oh, you are amazing. You are awesome. God says, I don't, I don't get jealous when you get the credit. Here it is, and I'm gone. But don't ever get so intoxicated with the credit that you forget to give him the glory I'm out of here but I just want to know do I have at least 150 people not just anybody I'm talking about people that God has allowed you to get a lot of credit you've got a lot of credit in this world and God says if I've allowed you to get the credit then don't you dare sit on me and act like I haven't done anything for you I dare you to open up your mouth and give me all the glory yeah when I got to Tuskegee I had a 1.9 GPA when I finished out of it I finished with the rest of the top of the people of my class was I that smart? No I still had bath water in me but if it had not been for the law I just want to know do I have 15 people that can lift one hand to God and say God I give you the glory I'll thank you for the credit because I don't even deserve that but God I thank you for what you've done for me I give you the glory I tell you right now lift your hands right now in the presence of God and say God get all the glory get the glory out of my life get the glory out of my family get the glory out of me everything all in me God I I give you the glory. Come on, I dare you right now with your hands lifted in his presence right now. Come on, give him glory. Come on, will you think about what he did for you? Will you think about how he turned your water into wine? Will you think about when you really look at who you are and what God has allowed you to be a look like? You can give him glory. Come on, give him glory. We give you all the glory we worship you our Lord you are worthy to be praised I thank you to lift your hands right now you are Alpha and Omega, we worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. Come on, I dare you to tell them. You are Alpha and Omega. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. We
whatever way you need to honor him every head lifted come on just honor him come on just glorify him this is your moment to just think of the goodness of God in this moment come on we worship you our Lord you Come on, sing it from your soul. Come on. We Say it from your soul. standing all over the building we extend the invitation after an amazing message like that someone perhaps in this place needs to answer the clarion call number one to be saved listen you don't have to be clean to be saved let the Lord do the work but if you take the step I promise you that he'll meet you the rest of the way and if you're here today and do not know him for yourself there is power in knowing Jesus Christ can you do me a favor? Can you be an evangelist today and just talk to that person on your left and right and say, neighbor, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? If you're here, we'd love to have you. Well, if you're saying, Pastor, I'm saved, but I do need to connect with a family of believers. That's what a church is. It's the moment you can connect with someone who's trying to walk the same journey you're walking on. This is the no judgment zone. We want you to come just as you are. What an awesome privilege God gives us to be connected to one another. Look at the neighbor beside you and tell him, you're a gift to me. You're a gift to me. I see you coming. God bless you. I see one coming. Is there another come? Is there another come? Touch someone tell him, you're a gift to me. You are a gift to me. That's the blessing that we have. If you have time, come step out by faith. Even if you're in the balcony, we'll wait on you. There's someone else that want to make that decision. Come on, come on, come on. Don't let the crowd intimidate you, but today is a great day to connect. I sense that someone else wants to make that move. I see you coming. What a 
one more time. I'm going to give you a chance. I know you're waffling and you're wondering, is it worth it? I promise you just take this step. someone's hand real quickly let's pray together God we love you and we bless you we absolutely adore you because you alone are worthy as we look over our lives God you have truly been amazing to us you look beyond our faults and you saw our needs and so Lord we thank you again for this opportunity this privilege to once again honor you in spirit and in truth we pray now God that you would once again Continue to pour out your spirit upon your people. What an awesome thing it is for us to simply be in this place. And so, Lord, thank you for calling us water pots to your glory. Thank you for using us in spite of us. Thank you that even when the world didn't see much in us, you saw much in us. And God, we give your name the praise. We give your name the glory in the magnificent, marvelous name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Put those blessed hands together. Come on, let's honor him. Let me tell you how powerful your prayers were when you were praying, someone else came. Come on, let's thank God. I told you the prayers of the righteous availeth much. We got three who come. Do y'all mind standing? Not to put you on the spot, but we got to show you some love. Come on, Tabernacle. Let's show them some love. Man, we thank God for each and every one of you. My sister, listen. Those tears are going to be tears of joy. You made an incredible decision today. I promise you that. I can't tell you that life will get easy, but what it will tell you is that there is nobody that can keep you and sustain you like Jesus Christ. And you're amongst family and friends. We are brothers and sisters. We're so excited to have you. We've been praying for you. I promise you that's been our prayer. God just invite people to come and share with us and partner with us to help make an impact. We say this all the time, and I absolutely believe it. The best is yet to come. One of our connection teams, Sister Miriam, is going to take you just to get some more information so that we can love you some more. Come on, Tabernacle. Let's bless God for our new family members. Can we thank God for Dr. Jackson? Were you blessed today? Amen. Amen. As we rest on our feet. Listen, thank God for Payne College. Come on, let's thank God for them. That blessed us. PC one time. We love y'all. Absolutely. Who's repping your schools here today? Who repping your schools? Who repping your school? Let me see school. All right. Fraternities and sororities. Where you at? Where you at? Where the bros at? All right. Need to know where the bros at. Who got your sports teams? Who got your sports teams? Okay, let me say this. I'm going to let y'all go. Because I really thought that y'all loved me as your pastor. I've been here 13 years, and I thought y'all cared for me. But my team lost Sunday to the Falcons. Okay, we lost. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But the fact that y'all kept sending me messages and memes, I would never do that to you if my team would have won. I'm not that petty, guys. I have grown. <laughs> but I hope the Falcons do well. I pray for y'all, and y'all got an amazing team. I want y'all to win every regular season game from here on out. I want y'all to go to the playoffs. And I want y'all to get to the Super Bowl. I really do. And I want you to lose. 
bad. That's my prayer. Now I love you guys. Listen, I'm going to let you go, but I'd be remiss if I did not say this. 17 years ago, a little church in Salem, Alabama took a, took a chance on a young preacher from Atlanta, Georgia. At the time, I was in seminary. And there were some incredible people there uh, that loved on me at Pleasantview Missionary Baptist Church. I served for three and a half years um, with an amazing church. And some of them are here today. I see Grace. Raise your hand, Grace. And her sister, Rosalind. And their mama, Diane. Miss Diane was my first over-Christian education there in the country. And, uh, and now Grace is married. That's her husband. Wow. I am tripping. Man, that's been so long ago. That's 17 years ago. I was 23 years old, and y'all took me in, and they loved on me, so I'm grateful that they're in town, and uh, y'all think I'm crazy now. I was crazier back then, amen, but um, I appreciate them. Thank you guys so much. Love you guys. I really appreciate you coming in town, and they are Tuskegee grads and all that good stuff, so, um, so thank you so much. Love you. See y'all afterwards. Just come holler at me. Tab, love you. Once again, thank you to all young adults in college, all those who represent today. Once again, we're still in the place. I hope that you're going to make a donation and help us with our child development center. The banquet's coming up. Even if you cannot come, just share a donation. Once again, we have a desire in our church. We believe it's a part of our history. It's our future. We're focusing on infants to pre-K and foreign language, fine arts, and technology. You, we, we understand that is our call. And even now, we have over 60-some children that our Child Development Center, it feeds and, and they nurture. And a lot of them are not our members. It's an evangelistic outreach moment for us. Amen. And you know the history Tabernacle Child Development Center and where we're trying to go, the Louise B. Scott Preparatory Academy. Can you help us with that? Can you help us? Anything you give is an investment in the future. Touch your neighbor and say, we want to invest in the future. You want to invest in the future. So give, give, give. It's important. And we thank God for you. Lift those hands. Repeat after me. Say, because I've been blessed, I'm going to be a blessing. Tell them God sees a whole lot in you. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the most impactful place on the planet, Tabernacle Baptist Church. Don't forget, go by our website, tbcaugusta.org, there to see all that we got going on. And also, I thank you in advance for your benevolence and your gift that helps us promote the kingdom of God. Listen, I want to see you come back. Check us out later. Love you much. Take care. Peace.